You're listening to The Big Show on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Well, 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 how about that? Back from the All-Star break and right back into the playoff race. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> sure. Well, welcome aboard, friends. <laughs> My name is Matty Rose. Old Georgie Russick. We'll be back tomorrow. Be on a bird in a few, uh, few moments. Yeah. See ya. Peace. Some budget airline. <laughs> yeah. Out east. Some cheapo air, I think it's mm, called. Cheapo air. <laughs> Got them next to the landing gear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hold on for your dear life. Get in there. Get in there. Yeah. Come Any, on. Anything for Stuff a cheap in there. ticket. Yeah. <laughs> you put them in there with all the livestock. Yeah, it's good. It's a cargo plane. Yeah, it's a cargo plane. <laughs> <laughs> it's real cheap. Ah, <laughs> uh, so yeah, you get me, Matty Rose. You get Patty Dumas. Hello. Get a little GVP in your hey. life. Boss is away, the kids will play, et cetera, et cetera, something like that. We're live in the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. Right, when the boss is asleep, the kids will play. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got this hour. This is our hour. Yeah, that's a good point. Crack Foundation, (laughs) Bowen Foundation Walls. We have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things Basement Eve. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. That's where we are. The show is the big show with Russick and Rose, and we have a very exciting announcement. Welcome aboard, Mortgages to Go. Yes. This is the big show for Mortgages to Go, our title sponsor for the program. <laughs> Extremely happy to have them on board. Mortgages to Go.ca, always the lowest interest rates in Canada since 2004. You can visit Mortgages to Go. Dot .ca to find out more information. Really happy that they're uh, taking part. Mm-hmm. Apparently, we're doing something right around here, so that's oh, good yeah. to know. Excellent news. We're selling things. Mm-hmm. We're selling things. The Flames are winning games. The Oilers are losing games. Oh, Super Bowl media has been just a fountain of gold. Oh yeah, it's uh, just more and more tidbits some left, right, and center stuff out there. Yeah, there's some <laughs> nonsense. Obviously, people who just <laughs> I, a, I don't know how they get to the Super Bowl. I don't know who pays them to go. I don't know I mean, if I, they go on their own dime. I don't know how they get accredited. But all these can, people somehow get yeah. into media night, and you get questions about conspiracy theories. <laughs> you get questions about who do you look like. It's You got people asking Patrick Mahomes to do Kermit the Frog impressions. I don't know if anybody's, that asked. Happen, I don't yes? know if anybody's asking him to do it. But. Okay. But Patrick Mahomes was asked about his father quite bluntly. Yeah, that's probably not the best thing to ask him. I don't know if that was the time or the place, but that's just kind of how it goes at these at this media <laughs> circus car wash that is the Super Bowl media night. So we got a few things from that that we'll uh, we'll share with you throughout the show as well. Um, but the big focus today is going to be the Flames game yesterday night against the Boston Bruins. Uh, Their next game is going to be against the Devils. That's going to be on Thursday. But yesterday they were in Boston. It was the first game back from the All-Star break, which typically would be front and center of the big story. Mm -hmm. Rest versus rust. Which team's going to perform better? The Flames didn't have anybody at the All-Star, so that was perhaps a little bit of a wrinkle. But the real story here was the turnover on the roster from Mm -hmm. the game before 
the break against the Blackhawks, where they won 1-0, going into this game against the Boston Bruins. And essentially, five players turned over. Yeah, Kuzmenko in, Lindholm out, Pospisil was back in, uh, Greer was out. You also had a whole change on the fourth line with Klapka and Schwint coming out and going with uh, Pelche and Rooney getting in there. And then on the back end, mm-hmm. we saw Pahal get a start with uh, Oliver Shillington on the third pair as well. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, all these new faces are in. That takes over the story. I guess I'll start here. What were you expecting from yesterday's game? And is what we saw anything remotely close to what you were expecting? No. Okay. No, straight up no. I did not expect to see uh, one team completely stay in hibernation from their all-star break. Yeah, the they other. weren't good, eh? They were not. They were getting booed. As much as the Flames were very good <laughs> yesterday, the Bruins were terrible. The like, Bruins like, were coming into the last night tied with the Canucks for the number one record in the NHL, 71 points. They were booed out that building by their fans. Bruins that, fans are awfully fickle, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you, win, you, you can win all these games, but you lose one out of whatever. It's like, no, you're terrible, and that's just the way Bostonian sports fans go. But, but they, they were also cheering very loudly in the third period when looked that like there was, was scary. Like, maybe a little bit of life in the game. Flames go down five on three. It's like, okay, here we go. They get the first goal. It's like, oh, boy. And I can appreciate that about Bruins fans. The mm. fact that, hey, when you're not playing well, we're going to let you know, but it, later on in the game, if you can turn it on a little oh, bit, ex- hey, we'll, yeah. we'll give a right back to you mm-hmm. we can go both ways so i had a lot of respect for what we saw from the crowd there but mm-hmm. yeah i don't know it was wild how just <laughs> passes terrible pucks rolling off of sticks mm-hmm. guys kind of stumbling around for boston it was no good but the flames looked great they did they 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 looked like a team that had like almost like a new lease on life kind of i don't know if it's, it is because they, they are still kind of buried down there in the standings but it was like an injection of just something new. Like that fourth line, I thought was, and I know they probably played a little bit more because Martin Pospisil went out really early in that game. Yep. But Rooney and Pelche made an impact. I thought they were skating a lot. I think they were. I don't know where they finished on the uh, in the ice time. I think they were both over ten minutes. Right probably. around thirteen for both. Okay, of them. so that's that's instantly more ice time than any fourth line's been in the last I don't know month month or so. Yep. Fair. So instantly, like. Boom, you got Pelche and Rooney. And obviously, you don't want to see Pelche down there forever. But right now, he <clears throat> for right now, he was very effective in that role. Braden Pahal, man, like that's that's a physical presence that this team's been lacking. Yeah. Six hits, uh, four penalty minutes. He was involved in most things. Like he was fun to watch as well. Yeah, uh, on that uh, third pair with we'll, uh, with Chillington. We'll go through those guys in particular, like all the five new guys in a second here. But the one thing I did want to kind of get into here, because we'll have all day to hobnob about the new players. But yesterday, Nazem Kadri leaves Boston with three assists. Mm-hmm. Jonathan primary. Huberdeau had a goal and two assists. Um, you know, one of the things that Craig Conroy talked about after the Elias Lindholm trade was that he had a pretty good idea going back to training camp that they weren't going to be able to re-sign Elias Lindholm. Mm-hmm. And if management knew that, you have a pretty good idea that the team probably had a pretty similar feeling. Yeah. You know, we remember going back to when Kachuk was in his final year. Some of the players had told us after that season that, oh, yeah, we knew he was gone at the end of the mm-hmm. year for sure. And it never really felt like that necessarily on the outside until we got to the offseason, right? So I do wonder about just the idea of this is Huberto and Kadri's team now. And Mm. that's to take nothing away from the captain, Michael Backlund. But the captain fills a little bit of a different role 
than those two. Yeah, I agree. With Gaudreau, Kachuk, and now Elias Lindholm, that kind of top line that we saw just run roughshod over the NHL a few years ago. Mm -hmm. All those guys are gone. There's a new look to this offense. Yeah. And I don't know if it was just one game, the guys coming back from the break, but noticeable to me the fact that Huberto and Caudry both ended up with three points, looked good throughout the contest, not playing with each other for a lot of the game. Mm -hmm. They they were together some because, like you mentioned, the Pospisil hit and and tossed after that, so it was a little bit of a line in a blender, and that was probably the the most disappointing part of the game is Mm -hmm. we didn't get to see them actually roll their four (laughs) lines. Um, But that being said, a thought on Huberto and Caudry in their first game without Elias Lindholm on this roster. This is what you paid these guys to do, right? This Mm -hmm. is why you're paying these guys 18-plus million dollars to do, uh, you know, score three points each. I thought Huberto was so assertive with his passing with Kuzmenko. It felt like he's been playing with this guy for years for a little bit, and that's just the natural shooting ability of Kuzmenko. And Huberto mentions it a ton in his his presser postgame. It was like Sharon Govich picked picked up everything defensively super well. I Mm -hmm. thought he did really well as well. Uh, You know, he was held off the score sheet, but, you know, three for seven in the faceoff dot. So he didn't take too many faceoffs, but, you know, that's still... 42, 43%. That's all right. Uh, Something to work on, too. Like, when you haven't been taking draws all year and you're kind of thrown into it in the middle of the season and guys are a little bit more set up than you, I would Mm -hmm. say. But I I totally like like what you said there, that, you know, Elias Lindholm's gone. There's that outside noise, that worry of, oh, God, are we just going to, you know, another guy's gone. I know there's still two more on the team, but it it feels different with Tanev and Hannafin. They're just both... We're just doing our job. Those guys are just workhorses. They'll just mm-hmm. do those whatever sweater logos on their sweater. They're going to play hard for no matter what. Um, but no, it did. It did feel like a little bit more just, just more calm, more natural play from Kadri and Huberno. And I think you've been seeing that more over the last couple months from the both of them. Kadri's pretty pretty good, I think. I thought overall, he this tailed season. off a little bit right before the break. There, yeah, I think maybe some some tired, some some wear. Maybe went out of the lineup, and things were kind of changing. And and, like we could talk about lines and whatnot, and I'm just like the way Pelche played. Like he's gonna eventually, I think, find himself on the right side of Kadri and Zari, and possibly slides down into the fourth line spot because that feels like his type of role. He likes to want to go butt end sticks to guys' face. There's a fourth line role for you there, buddy. Um, but no, overall, that was just a good good feeling, and it could totally change when they go into Newark and the Devils could beat them and whatnot. But mm-hmm. for one night, it felt like this, and regardless of who's in the lineup, you're going to get a hard-working effort from Ryan Huska's boys in this one, and they showed that last night. What did you make of Pospisil getting tossed? Uh, I mean, you could say Marchand on both. The plays were a little bit theatrics with the way he whips his head back and whatnot. The high stick as well as the, the high one stick, you're talking about. The high about? stick was a lot more egregious. Like, Uyghur's getting tripped and going down, and I get, like, you want to have Pasta does get his hand kind of in the yeah. the gloves there. I didn't think it was worthy of necessarily uh, a uh, call. Yeah, but the, the first one, I'm like, I, I'm never a fan of guys using sticks as weapons, especially when it's not the, the blade. Yeah. Like, he didn't need to do that, and I get it's Marchand and whatnot. It feels like guys just want to take an extra run at that guy. It also feels like because he's smaller, he catches a lot of hands in the chops oh, yeah. rather than shoulders and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. But, ah. but, I mean, like... Welcome quick night, back. Quick night for Martin Possible. <laughs> 432. Yeah, exactly. Quick shout. In and out, no problem. Um, like, I, I guess we could talk about all five of these guys that got back in. Like, I guess overall thoughts on Andre Kuzmenko. 
that was a wicked shot, man. Like that's what you that's what we saw last year with his 39 goals, right in the mm-hmm. slot, off the rush play on the power play. Kind of, you know, he kind of I think it was kind of more like acclimating himself into into the lineup. Uh he had the the one goal right to the, the start the game kind of didn't really notice him much after that. Yep. But it was I thought the first period they were zipping it around. Yeah. There was a couple moments later, but maybe tailed off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like the, the second period, on. no scoring. Second period, the Flames got a lot more defensively, and they could have had like three or four more goals because I think they had, through two periods, the scoring chances were 16-8 Flames. Mm-hmm. Like Swayman was doing a lot to keep that game close after 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, GVP, thoughts on Kuzmenko yesterday? I thought Kuzmenko really fit that uh, that top line pretty well. I Like Patrick was saying, that's the sort of connection that you wanted to find with Jonathan Huberto. I, I thought Huberto had one of his best games he's had all season. He was a guy who was driving play and using his vision and his playmaking ability to you know put the puck on the stick of Kuzmenko. And getting back to your original point of was that game something that we expected and I'm going to echo what Patrick said no I I wasn't expecting that mm-hmm. effort out of the Calgary Flames right I was expecting a little bit more dysfunction out of that top line just because the the connection with Huberto and Lindholm was something that felt super forced and there was you're only starting to see a little bit of chemistry between those two build right before that trade happened and then when you're just throwing in another guy into that top line and moving Sharon Govich into the middle I I wasn't necessarily expecting the night that they had but all being said I, I think Kuzmenko is a guy that is uh a guy not to quote the other guys but he's a peacock mm. you just gotta let him fly right mm. I, I feel like he was just too structured in that Vancouver system and here in Calgary he's just gonna get an opportunity to just sling the puck off uh off of many Huberto setups. So I, I liked what I saw last night. Yeah, they'll be all offense, right? Like the one goal that Boston scores, they don't necessarily track back well through the neutral zone. And that's one of the things Jason Bukla talked about with Kuzmenko as well. Like when he's kind of switching between the offensive and defensive zone, it's not necessarily get on your horse and gallop. And even after the game, he kind of joked that he was a little bit fatigued after the game <laughs> playing his 15 minutes, maybe a smidge too much for him. So <laughs> you hear that and you're like, oh, okay. Well, what was the average in Vancouver? Like probably like, oh what? man, I don't know. We can probably pull that up real yeah. quick here. I can try and find out for you. It's but probably somewhere close to that. I don't know if it was because I didn't think talk was a huge fan. Yeah, he was a lot more down 10, okay. 12, wow. 11 type of minutes here. So yeah, uh-huh. um, He's a top it doesn't of, surprise me, no. right? Like Rick Tocke was not a huge fan and wasn't necessarily using him in the same type of way that the Flames. Yeah, that was the first guy. time he played f- over 15 minutes since January 9th. Yeah, so a um, little bit different. Plus, just getting back from the break yeah. as well. I don't know how Kuzmenko spent the All-Star break, but <laughs> his offseason, he was a bit of a world traveler, so who knows. Um, but I thought it was a fine debut, and... and Hey, that's going to be an issue for that line is how they track back in the defensive zone and through mm-hmm. the neutral zone, but eh, something to work on. And as we've continued to talk about, what are the real aspirations of this team? Eh, if they're going to give you a couple of points a night, you might be able to live with it. Well, did you have to have a, who were they playing against mostly last night? Those that line? Yeah. Uh, I, mm. Shift shirt here. I'm not entirely sure who they were up against for the entirety of the game, but um one of the things that I did notice was the fact that... Ah, uh, the Zach uh, Van Riemsdyk line. That was probably the what they were playing. So that's probably their second line, I think. Yeah, yeah. so, like, listen, yeah. they were getting... They were getting yeah. whatever you want to call it, as much shut down as they could. Yeah. But I thought they did fine in their uh, limited role. Like I said, first period really popped. The rest kind of teetered off. But 
as as it'll go. But the, the, the third period, like you go back to they go down two one, or they go they're still up two one. The the five on three, they've got to kill the extra minor, and then you got Nazem Kadri making a nice play on the boards, getting the puck. Huberto takes it essentially. I think that's from McAvoy of all guys, and it just wires a top cheddar off <laughs> over Swim. That was just massive to go up three mm-hmm. one. That just killed anything any sort of momentum the Bruins had, and then Noah Hannafin. Great play. Who the hell? What are you, Kale McCarr, man? Like, just getting on his horse and going. Like, he always plays well against Boston. He's, he's yeah, hometown, it felt right? like there was some family in the crowd because a little bit of a loud there. There was a loud cheer a when he loud scored. loud cheer there. Um, <laughs> Martin Pospisil, you've already kind of talked about the hit. GVP, a thought? Uh, I mean, it, you kind of had to call that, right? It ended oh, yeah. up being a butt end. Okay, but well, like, I don't really want to worry about the a little, hit. Was Marshan a little bit of a rat there? He was also kind of getting pushed before uh, Pospisil kind of made. Like Marshan was on the ground. Connection with him. Like, <laughs> was that really a five? I, I don't know, but uh, it, it had to be called maybe. a long review. How yeah, about this right? instead? Did you like what you saw in the limited minutes as a guy who, like, we remember that fall he had. It mm-hmm. was it was not pretty. It was pretty yeah, it was violent. Mm-hmm. He kind of toe picked and went. He, he neck went first in looking in like boards. a pretzel. Yeah, yeah, that was back in that Leafs game. Um, what did you think of him in his limited time? Did you notice him? Uh, yeah, he, he's an impactful guy right away. Like the, I can't remember a player in, in Flames history that's been able to get under in, in recent Flames history, Furling? at least to like yeah, yeah like, you know what hey. I'm saying. Like I, I can't remember a, a guy in, in recent Flames history over the last like two or three years where he's really taken on that role of being a rat and getting underneath the other team's skin. And he, he only played four minutes, but, uh, you know, I, I feel like Marshan was that definitely rattled them a, a little bit. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I was intrigued to see what would have happened if he had only gotten two there or maybe even a double <laughs> minor. They would have, they would have fought. Yeah. They, they would have, yeah, there would have been something there. Um, and they play one more time this year. So you never know. Just in like, uh, 12 days or so. Yeah, it's coming up pretty quick <laughs> at the Dome. Yeah. Um, Peltier and Rooney, both on the fourth line. They were skating alongside Walker Dewar. They were great. Yeah? They were great. I, I was really a fun uh, a fan of watching Rooney and Peltier. They were, they were, you know, they were they were getting chances. Mm-hmm. Like, something that the fourth line hasn't been able to generate around here for a long time. And, man, it would have been nice to have A.J. Greer right beside them. But, like... I That's thought Dewar was okay on that. Dewar looked you know, all right. Yeah. I thought it was one of his yeah. better games. For as much season. as we've talked about Dewar being like, "What happened to you, man?" Like yesterday, it was like, "Okay, I, I a, think a little bit just, of flashes." But. I think that's Kevin Rooney. Man. Right, that's a veteran. That that guy's been around. Or the block Pelche. For, yeah, and Pelche, like, I, I he's so undervalued. Like, mm. I think a guy like we forgot about what this guy could bring. He's so he's been, faster than you remember. Yes. Hey, yeah. Like, he must have got faster over the offseason, um, it felt like. Zip around. The, and, uh, like, Rooney coming back from a shoulder injury. They both played four games in the A, but you're still never too sure. Yeah. But, like, every time he was out there, he was hard on the forecheck and laying a, a hit on a defenseman, GVP. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, like, what Patrick was saying a little bit earlier there, like, I'm, I feel like Pelche might get the opportunity to move up and down the lineup, but just from... That one game and, and a couple of highlights I've seen from him in, in the American Hockey like, League during that rehab stint, it feels like he's a guy that you can just plug and play like, all over the lineup. And, and that's honestly a role that the Flames don't necessarily have on this team. And I, I think he's going to be able to fill that like nicely. I think that's something this Flames team has definitely oh, yeah. missed. And with the, with, the, with the Flames, the way they're structured right now, I don't like you don't have to lean on any one line in particular. See you who's can, going night in and night out. Yeah. Kind of shake out and balance. Like you kind of saw with the fourth line there. They're getting up over 13 minutes. Like you can you can kind of like distribute these minutes evenly. And mm-hmm. I think that might help this team going forward. And I'll help that top line as it's structured right now because they're going to be relied on to get all the goals right now. 
uh, yeah, nice what Kadri and Zari have have been doing. Um, but then the third line, like you, the third line's in that side to, side of shutdown type role, they're not going to be expected to score. So yeah, I think with the way it's structured right now, wouldn't be if uh, would not be surprised if they uh, they kind of shake out the minutes evenly throughout the four lines. Top four was fine yesterday. Uh, the one point between them goes to Noah Hannafin. He skated 25-46. He had three shots on goal. It was more of a quiet night for the top four, but that's fine on all accounts. I mean, that's um, definitely fine when you're taking on a Bruins team, exactly, right? Exactly, so. right? You didn't see – they were not a worry. They were very good defensively, and they did what they needed to offensively. Uh, but the one guy I did want to ask you guys about was Braden Pahal, uh, the waiver claim from Vegas. Thought he was exactly as advertised. He showed some grit. He mm-hmm. took one penalty. It was unfortunate, but as soon as he took the penalty, he took a bite out of a player and, and laid someone out moments later. Mm-hmm. Thought he played pretty well along, alongside Oliver Chillington. Yeah, I, I think that like, you can you kind of... You saw a little bit more out of him than what maybe Osterle and what DeSimone were bringing to the team. Mm-hmm. So that that's an excitement there. I think Vegas fans were kind of... You know, shocked that he he's gone. Like Vegas fans were kind of mad that he he was passed through on waivers. They liked him down there as a nice little depth piece. So going forward, I think that that guy can certainly carve out a role in that third spot. Like the hits, six hits, four pims, love that. Yeah, it was good. Uh, GVP. Uh, I was really disappointed when Nick D. Simone actually got picked up off of waivers. Out of those three guys between uh, D. Simone Osterley. And uh, Dennis Gilbert, I, I thought that De Simone was actually the most uh, responsible in the defensive zone, and, and that's what you want out of your third pairing. And I think Braden Pahal might be able to be that guy that you can slot in there and not necessarily have to worry about. Yesterday, he did stand out with that physical force and and physical presence, but the biggest thing that stood out to me was that I, I felt like he was actually really solid in the defensive zone as well. And when you're talking about a third pair, you don't necessarily want them to be standouts. You just want to have them play their couple minutes a night and not have to worry about them in the defensive zone. So good showing out of Pahal yesterday for his first game in a flame sweater. Solid outing for sure. Uh, a 4-1 win for the Calgary Flames. Now they will uh, continue on this little road trip. Um, the one that they're probably doing by plane, but you could definitely do by bus. They will stop with uh, a game against the Devils at Prudential Center Thursday. Mm-hmm. They'll visit the Islanders Saturday at 11 a.m. Ooh, early. One o'clock puck drop at UBS out on the island, and then they will also take on the Rangers. That's going to be a Monday game mm-hmm. before the Flames do return home. They'll have a couple days off, and then they'll play the Sharks. So. That's what the next little slate is looking like for the Calgary Flames. Got to get you the guest lineup for today. Uh, Brent Cron is going to join us. It's going to be a bit of a limited chat. He has a... um, Flames alumni. Alumni engagement. He's going to be reading to some children today, (laughs) some school kids. So we're going to see if we can squeeze an excerpt out of them as well. Yeah, see what book they're reading. GVP, we're going to need some more of that Renaissance-style book reading music. Okay, sure. For when Brent Cron stops by. <laughs> nice. Okay, perfect. Uh, Sam Cosentino was on the analyst desk yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll ask him about the games that he was covering. Obviously, had the Oilers win streak snapped. Elias Lindholm made his debut as a Canuck. Mm-hmm. Scored a couple of goals. Yep. Got a big win for the Vancouver Canucks Part down right in Carolina. In front. Uh, I don't know how much you watched the Winnipeg game yesterday. Tough uh, shutout. It was the Brendan Dillon penalty kind of ruined the game for him. Yep. We'll get to it all yep. in the morning report as well. But we'll get to all the Canadian teams with Sammy. That'll be around seven thirty. Uh, Slavkovsky scored twice for the Habs as He's well. He's going. Starting to look pretty good. <laughs> He's figuring it out. Starting to look pretty good. <laughs> 
playing alongside Suzuki there. Uh, Matt Marchese is going to join us uh, from, well, he's from Toronto, but he's going to talk All-Star Weekend. That was in Toronto, plus all Super Bowl. He hosts the fan check down that you hear every day at noon here on Sports at mm-hmm. 960. And Demontre Moore, uh, former San mm-hmm. Francisco 49er, actually was on that team that uh, faced Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl. He didn't play. He got injured in Week 12 that year, broke his forearm. Um, but I'm sure we'll ask him about some of his teammates from that year mm-hmm. and uh, some of his memories. Also, he re-signed with the Stampeders and yeah. is what could be uh, a part of what could be one of the more fearsome defensive lines in the CFL. Um, we'll get Justin Dunk on later on in the week as well. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've reached out, but uh, some signings kind of sneaking out throughout the CFL. All the big fishies are gone, it seems like. There's yeah. two out of the top ten. We'll get in the morning report, but uh, yeah, a lot of them just signing yesterday. They're in the negotiation window. Technically, they can sign uh, on Tuesday. That's mm-hmm. when CFL free agency actually opens, but they do have a tampering period, so that is currently on the go, and we're getting some details coming out from that. So uh, lots to get to as the show goes on. Patty's got the morning report coming up at you next. Uh, it's Patty. It's Maddie. It's GVP. George is away. He'll be back tomorrow, though. Uh, and it's the big show. Sports 960 The Fan. Hello. Good morning, friends, and welcome aboard. We're in the midst of hour one. It's the big show with Russick and Rose for mortgages to go.ca. Russick is away. He's Patty Dumas. GVP's in the other room. My name is Matty Rose. Lots of fun planned for you today. Kron's going to join us coming up in about 25-ish minutes here. Sam Cosentino will join us in just over an hour's time as well. All hockey coming up in the next hour. But uh, right now, some more hockey, perhaps some NFL, maybe some CFL. I don't really know. For find out more what's in the morning report. We'll go to Patty Duma. The Morning Report is brought to you by Motorworks. If you own a BMW, choose Motorworks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue and 3rd Street Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Adam Rose. Rose and Blue. Matty Rose. Matty Rose. No, this is Patrick. Yes, Maddie. the Flames return to the ice. Some Super Bowl news and notes. Jose mm. Altuve becomes an Astro for life. Mm. CFL musical chairs. And the Coyotes are running wild in Vegas. No, not the Arizona ones. Oh, and Matt. Uh, a, a pack of hyenas can, can take down a lion. Yes. Can they? Really? Those, those fiery hyenas were back at it on huh. Tuesday night after their all-star slash league mandated bye week. Taking on the Bruins. I'm sure they enjoyed their toes in the sand. Two beers. Golfing somewhere sunny. Three beers. Spending some time with family. A shot of whiskey. <laughs> Not shoveling snow. A margarita. Eating something cool and exotic. And a bloody Mary. <laughs> After all that fun, hockey and a new look group for the Flames. No Elias Lindholm following his trade to the Vancouver Canucks. Enter Andre Kuzmenko skating on the top line with Jonathan Huberto and Yegor Sharangovich, who was the main piece in that return. Flames debut of Braden Pahal, claimed off waivers from Vegas, wearing number 94, skating on a pair with Oliver Shillington. And the returns of the Rune Dog and Jacob Peltier. Uh, Rooney skating for the Flames for the first time since December 5th, 2022. Wow. Yeah, long time. Uh, and also the return of Martin Possumsil. To the lineup, or sorry, to the proceedings we go. And uh, what a start for the boys in red and white. Looked like uh, the break did them very well. Brandon Carlo gets called for a hold on Nazem Kadri. Flames to the power play early. Kuzmenko posted right in front of Swayman. And that unit would make an impact early. Kadri flips it ahead to Huberto. Gains the line with a pass over. Here's Kuzmenko. Scores! Kuzmenko! 
First is a flame. It comes on the power play, and it's one nothing Calgary. Yeah, of course you'd score. Already making that shot felt around the rink. Takes the nice pass from Huberto and wires it by Swayman. Flames shocked the Bruins up one nothing early. I watched like on like a 15-minute delay and uh, opened up the NHL website, and before I'd even started the game, oh, look at one, that. One. Look who it is. <laughs> yeah, good for Andre Kuzmenko making uh, his early impact wearing number 96. First ever flame to wear number 96. Mm. Yes. Uh, uh, and then uh, Boston looked like a team stuck in the mud for most of that opening frame. They had an opportunity. Uh, Jacob Marsham fumbling the puck behind the net. Oh. He was a little rusty. Chaotic. Uh, but nothing much of danger from the Bruins. Flames would look to add to that one nothing lead late in the first. One ends at far side to Coyle. Coyle. High slot to Pasternak near side. Taka shoots and scores. That's the wrong one. Oh, nope. Crosses the Bruins line. He covers the pass to Zeri, who dangles it and scores. What a move by Connor Zeri. Yeah, what a move indeed. Uh, good things happen when you go to the net. Nice uh, forehand, backhand. That's his 11th on the year. Flames had a 2 0 lead heading to the first intermission. I actually thought uh, Braden Pahal did a pretty good job in the defensive zone, mm-hmm. breaking up a play. Him and uh, Zeri did to kind of spring that rush and then of course Zary ends up being the one to uh, pot the goal how about that yeah that's awesome his uh, his good season his good rookie season uh, continues uh, but before the end of the first Martin Possum still felt like his break wasn't long enough I know he was injured but he's heads to the showers early for using the butt end of his stick mm. to the face old Brad Marchand officials reviewed it five in a game uh, it was nice having him back for 432 yeah, it was brief. It was nice to have him back. We'll see him in Jersey, I assume. Yeah, but, I don't uh, think he's getting a call, but yeah. yeah. that's a hmm, tough one. Yeah, uh, but despite that nasty play, Flames very good uh, overall in the first, uh, yeah, that 2 nothing lead to show for it. Uh, to the middle frame, a lot more calmer period, but still strong play from the Flames, not giving Boston much of anything. Uh, they just looked like they had a little bit more pep in their step, and that's what you want to see from a team that really limped into the break. Uh, Rooney and Pelche, we talked about in the first segment, thought they made an immediate impact being back, fourth line playing a little bit more, maybe because Possum still is gone, but still, like, yeah, they were really good. Coleman laid a nice hit right on the boards into the referee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pahal had five hits through two periods. Everyone was chipping in in Beantown. So no goals in the second, but could have been a lot more. Uh, Jeremy Swayman had to make a few good saves. Scoring chances were uh, 16-8 flames through 40. It was, uh, yeah, not the most... Uh offensive-filled second period, mm. but hey, the Flames just kept on going. Boston continued to be a little bit of a mess anytime that they had the puck on their stick, and Flames took advantage, and that's what you have to do when the other team's not playing so well. Mm-hmm. You can't lose that game, right? Like no. Especially as the Bruins started to maybe feel it a little bit later on, yeah. but yeah, we'll get to that here. Well. The Bruins they... are booing their or their fans <laughs> were booing them in the second period. Yeah, yeah and like, it was TD Garden's been a, a fortress for the Bruins this year, and uh, the Flames uh, made them look like easy work yesterday. Uh, third period, waiting for the Bruins to do something. They they finally woke up, uh, leading to an early power play for Boston. Pahal gets called for hooking, and then little under a minute later, Weger gets tri- looks like he's tripped a little bit, falling mm. down. His stick catches Marchand. Uh, second time, his mush eats graphite. Uh, double minor and the Bruins strike. One ends at far side to Coyle. Coyle, high slot to Pasternak near side. Zaka shoots and scores. Yeah, Zaka takes the pass to pass. We got a game. Uh, Boston still with the rest of the other minor to play with, so uh, they only got to use 15 seconds of it because they were called for too many men. Mm-hmm. So we got four on four for a minute 45, and well, just seconds later. Cadre picks the puck up, it gets pulled over, but it ends up on Huberto's stick. He shoots and scores! Nazem Cadre started it, 
and Jonathan Huberto finished it. A perfectly placed shot into the top corner of the Bruins net, and the Flames take a 3-1 lead. Yeah, Kadri with a nice move on the boards. 10 forces a turnover on McAvoy, buries it top Ched. That was a massive goal given Calgary that all-important two-goal lead again. Yeah, exactly, right? Get that cushion back, mm -hmm. and especially, uh, you know, right after Boston looked like they were going to get back into it, they had the five-on-three for an extended amount. They had the four minutes, and then as soon as you get to four-on-four, four, 30 seconds mm -hmm. later, the puck is in the back of their net. So just thought that was a great moment for the Flames to kind of squash any momentum that the Bruins might have been gathering there in the third period. Yeah, more nice work from Huberto in that top line. Huberto draws a slash off Charlie Coyle. Flames go back to the power play. Across the Bruins' blue line, goes wide and forward, gets a shot off, and scores! How did that go in? Noah Hannafin, the Boston native, puts the puck right through Jeremy Swayman. Get on your horse, Noah. <laughs> My goodness, looking like all the good young defensemen we see in the NHL. Oh. That made it 4-1 Calgary. That's what it felt like. He looked like he Yeah, lost. just galloping down yeah. there. Put poor Derek Forboard in roller skates. Oh, my God. The old flame. Oh, oh. Looking like Rob Van Dam going coast to coast there, man. Yeah, great. that made it 4-1. Flames going to Boston. Just some uncertainty with uh, a lot of the new pieces. Uh, and it's one thing. This team gives you its effort. And they brought a lot of that to TD Garden last night. Nazem Kodge with three assists. Huberto with a goal and two assists. Kuzmenko showing that shot. Pahal, six hits, four pims. Getting in after some after-the-whistle scrums. And that fourth line, Rooney and Pelche. You love to see it. Uh, should we hear from a member of the winning uh, dressing I would room? I love that. Here's Jonathan Uberdo. Okay. Great start, obviously, with the, for, for the first game. And I think, like I said, I think we communicated really well tonight. That's what, that's what I like. I think we want to help each other. And that's what we need to do you know, going forward. You know, I like that. We all want to help each other. These are three guys that were given, well, essentially given up on. Uberdo's been in hell since Florida. Uh-huh. You know, Kuzmenko... Loses it in Vancouver with the new coach. See ya. And New Jersey kind of benches Yegor Sharangovich at the end of last season and says, okay, see ya. These are three guys that have a lot to prove, and I'm glad to see them playing well together, at least after one game. Yeah, it's exactly. It's a good point. They were all kind of guys that at one point had popped. Obviously, Huberto is like a franchise leader in Florida, yeah. but, but he's like, eh. hadn't worked out here so yeah. bad or so well. Yeah. It was good. Early returns were good for that group. They were zipping it around in the offensive zone, and frankly, this is a team that needs that. And now Huberto's got two guys that can rip the puck, mm -hmm. either with the one-timer or with just a laser wrist shot. We'll see how it goes. Like Three it. points for Huberto yesterday. I like it. Step in the right direction. GVP's uh, second half pr uh, prediction. He might get to that. Three points per game in February. Got to go. go. Yeah, that's a good point by you. <laughs> Vintage Huberto last yeah. night. Vintage, yeah. <laughs> Flames back. Perhaps his best outing as a flame. Maybe. Put Up my there. George Russick hat on and yeah. say, I think that was his best performance as a flame. I mean, really, like you probably have like a like maybe one in, like you can put it in one hand. How many really dominant Huberto performances they've had? They've seen with the Flames. Mm -hmm. And in recent recency bias. Damn right. He was damn good last night. Sure was. Flames, flames back at it Thursday night when they are in Jersey to take on the Devils. Yes. We'll uh, see if Jack Hughes returns yeah, for that game. might be the game he comes back. Started skating, did not play yesterday. Uh, seven other games around the NHL last night. Big fight feel in Vegas as the Edmonton Oilers look to extend their win streak to 17, which would tie the 92-93 Penguins 
taking on the host Golden Knights. And it was a good start by the Oil. Uh, Connor McDavid scoring on a 2-1-0 shorty. I don't know how the hell that happens, but uh, mm. it was a nice start by Edmonton. They kind of got a little bit sleepy. Uh, Nick Waugh would get the goal for the Vegas uh, before the end of the first, tying it at one. Nothing doing in the second, but early in the third, we have a breakthrough. Darnell Nurse, who's just playing at a high level. And now, right from home, Chandler Stevenson off a setup from Marcia so. Yeah, Chandler Stevenson. That makes it 2-1. While Bill Carlson would put it into empty net, Oilers fall for the first time since December 19th. 16-game win streak is over. Nice little run, though. Essentially saved their season. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was a nice little run. Do you want uh, something wild that I saw here this uh, morning, actually? Yeah. So, uh, And I did check the numbers on this as well. The Oilers have won 24 of their last 27 games. Yeah. November 24th, they were 16 points back of Vancouver when that first win came. Do you know how many points back of Vancouver they are this morning? 14. Correct. This run has got them within two points yep. closer to Vancouver. Vancouver because does, Van's like, whatever. Van's we'll just, matched. We'll Edmonton just roll, the, the whole way. We'll just clip around. We don't have to be bad. We Ugh. just have to be, like, fine, and we'll stay away from you guys. And speaking of those Canucks, they look good last night, they taking on the Carolina good. Hurricanes. Last Lindholm making his debut, uh, skating on the right side of Elias Pettersson and Ilya Mikhaev. They were taking on Lindholm's first team in the NHL, the Carolina Hurricanes. And just like Kuzmenko, Lindholm wanted to award reward his new team. Under a minute left in the Vancouver power play. Hughes with a shot. Tip, they score. Thrown to the goal by Hughes at the blue line. And Elias Lindholm deflected into the top of the crease. He's got his first as a Canuck. Yeah, that tied it. Uh, and if you thought he was done, you're wrong. Again to Hughes. Darting down the near boards. Throws it to the goal. Stopped by Kachekov. No, they score. It got through on net. Lindholm was screening in front. And he tipped it again. It's his second power play goal of the hockey game. Lindholm in his office right in front of the goalie. Another one on the power play. It makes it 2-1, but the Canes would tie it before the end of the second. However, Canucks would get the winner from someone other than Elias Lindholm, JT Miller to be exact. Canucks win 3-2, 12-game hmm. point streak, 10-0-2 over this uh, over that time. Yeah, it's a nice little uh, debut there for Elias Lindholm. Obviously got a couple of power play goals. Not necessarily the type of goal that we saw him score a lot of here no. in Calgary. A no. deflection from a foot outside of the crease. You know, typically it was maybe a little bit further out in yep. the bumper spot or maybe off on one of the flanks, but... Hey, it's working for him. There. Also moved him back to the wing, which he hasn't done in, I don't know, quite some time. When you got two centers like Miller and Pedersen. It's like, hey, you have that luxury. It's the fifth Canuck to record multiple goals in his debut. He joins Greg Adams, Esa Tikkanen, Tikkanen, pardon yeah. me, uh, Thomas Gradin, 78, I don't know, and Claire Alexander. All right. There you go. Good for Elias Lindholm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the big one from the Canucks. Demko's won nine straight. Uh, Someone who was once neck and neck with the Canucks, Winnipeg, also seeing a debut of their new center in another ex-flame, Sean Monaghan. They were in Pittsburgh taking on the Penguins. Winnipeg also welcoming back Mark Shifley into the lineup, although it didn't seem much to uh, matter much. Uh, Penguins already up to nothing. Gensel back for Latang. Crosby wide open. Fans on a shot. Goes back to the goal. But now it's put home. Brian Rust. They strike twice on the power play. And the Pens are up 3-0 against the Jets. Yeah, 3-0 would be it. Uh, Winnipeg loses a fourth straight. But the moment everyone will be talking about is Brendan Dillon's nasty elbow to uh, Nola Chari. Dillon got five in a game. Probably will be hearing... Uh, from the old Department of Player Safety later on today. Well, that's... Oh, so loud. I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Jeff Carter and Brian Ross both scored on that power play. That was yeah. essentially the game. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, not been good from uh, the Winnipeg Jets over the last Three goals is hard for the Jets to score. Yeah, they, they, it feels like they once they get to two, they'd be all right, and they can keep it out of their net. But, man, I, I worry about them right now trying to get some scoring. Hopefully, Shifley gets back acclimated here, and they get a, get a little bit better here. They're into Philly on Thursday. Uh, Montreal into Washington. Uh, what a night from the next generation of Habitant players. Nick Suzuki had two goals to open the game, and then the guy who's starting to look like he's figuring it out continued his strong play left circle and now into the circle shooting and they score Montreal picks up the shot from Slavkowski beats Kemper near the left dot yeah was that his first or his second that was his first of the night the second was a rip of a Mm one-timer the first one was nice too but the second one on the power play Mm -hmm. from the right side just a bomb um yeah, he's really coming along, man. He he's is. someone I want to ask Cosentino about because, you know, we talked about that draft. That was the one where it was like, oh, Shane Wright, Slavkovsky, mm-hmm. what's it going to be? Uh, flip a coin. Slavkovsky's a better pick than Shane Wright right now, that's for sure. It's looking like it. Um, yeah, uh, the oh, Alex Ovechkin also scored in that game. That's his 10th of the year. It's what, 62 away from Gretzky 60. now? 60 now? Yep. Clean 60? He's got to hmm. get going. I, I still think it. he gets there, but... Still, like, years away though at this I'll, production, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, like he can't be going like he's on pace. Like, he's not even going to get twenty this year. Feels no. like uh, stars into Buffalo Sabers rocking that same jersey they wore when Bret Hart, uh, Bret Hart, Bret Hall's foot was in the crease, and <laughs> they lost the cup. Uh, but without Jake Ottinger last night, the Stars probably lose this one. Uh, he made forty-seven saves oh in a two-one win. Uh, Flair, Flyers and Panthers and Sunrise Flyers they end their five-game losing streak. Noah Cates with the winner there, two-one over FLA. Fun game in Newark. Devils hosting the Avs. Jersey led 3-1 in the third, but goals from Kale McCarr and Samuel Girard uh, would tie it at three. Then late in the third, Vitek Vanacek makes a massive save on Nathan McKinnon, Mm. and that would prove to be very, very vital. Now it's Marino, though, across the line, looks around, drives it in front, save made by Ananen on Brett. Now it comes to Heischer, taps it in front, they score! It's Johnny Marino! Between the circles and the Devils have taken the lead. We always talk about that, like the color guys. Uh, on. Chico Resch, man. Lot, but like, yeah, Chico's the best. I love that team in Jersey. <laughs> I also love their play-by-play guys' voice. What's his name? Mm, Matt Laughlin mm. does a great job. Uh, Devils with a wig, uh, big win in their pursuit. Uh, for, they would also add an empty net or 5-3 the win uh, final there. Uh, Avs drop a second straight in the New York metropolitan area. Three games tonight. Rogers Wednesday Night Hockey has uh, the Stars hosting, or rather the Leafs hosting the Stars. That one goes at 5 on Sportsnet West. And also at 5, the Rangers host the Lightning. And at 7.30, the Hawks play host to the Wild. You can catch that one on Sportsnet 360. And speaking of those Blackhawks, they're back in the Winter Classic next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'll be hosting the St. Louis Blues at Wrigley field the Connor Bedard effect definitely there because both those teams are probably going to be still crummy around uh, Jan 1 next year. Can't wait. Uh, off the ice, the Kings also made it an add to their coaching staff for Jim Hiller. Ex-Senators coach DJ Smith. Mm-hmm. Worked alongside Hiller when they were both in yeah. Toronto. Yeah. Uh, NFL Prime. No, sorry. Super Bowl. Four days away. Excuse me? I was reading the the, the NFL Prime time. In you want to start script. that one over? Just yeah. Just four days uh, left until Super Bowl Sunday. Okay. We got to go here. That Nin- sounds real. Yeah. Niners back up to a two and a half point favorite. So it looks like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs will be an underdog for a third straight postseason game. Mm. Uh, but regardless of what the bookies think, Patrick Mahomes, he's just happy to be back. It's humbling because I never thought I would be in this many Super Bowl games, honestly. I mean, you, you, you strive to, to be great. 
um, but you understand how hard it is to even be in this game and for us to be in uh, my fourth one and and my six years of starting um, it truly is remarkable and I, I don't take it for granted because you never know if you're gonna be able to be back in this game he says that but this is you know he's looking for his third Super Bowl ring you never know you never know except he, that I'll be back he'll probably be back at yeah. some point uh, it looks like they'll be unless with Travis retires then I don't know what I'm gonna do yeah, might have to figure out some t- a new tight end there. But regardless, this has been a hell of a run for the Chiefs. They look to pretty much cement the dynasty on mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah, sure. Uh, over the over the Niners. Uh, it looks like they're going to be without Joe Tooney, their left guard. Uh, he'll give it a go. But from all accounts, the team's not holding out any hope. So it looks like Nick Allegheny for a third straight game. Uh, to Blurn's ball, Jose Altuve, he isn't going anywhere. He's going to be an Astro for life, signing a five-year, $125 million extension, taking him all the way through his 30, age 39 season. Wow. Uh, he's been the central figure for a team that's seen its brightest era of success, despite the garbage cans, two World Series, four pennants, seven straight appearances in the ALCS. His 27 home runs and 89 RBIs are the second most all-time in the playoffs. GVP, how do you feel about Jose Altuve? I mean, I respect his game, but like his, it's tarnished. It's it's a little tainted. Everything he does has he, an asterisk. But that I, they won another one. Though. That's the thing I was about to mm. say. They, the the knock against him was that World Series was a cheapo kind of thing, and they they came out and won another one. But that that's always going to follow El Tuve. But you mm. have to respect his game at the same time. Well, they won another one because they just didn't get caught that year. <laughs> fair, fair. But seven straight ALCSs. That's also very very impressive to do in, in baseball which is just a mess of things but it seems like the good teams always figure it out in the end. Uh, the mayor of Las Vegas is not for one having uh, the, the athletics move to her town uh, to, and they have to figure it out in Oakland. That's uh, what she told the front office sports podcast. Well maybe Carolyn Goodman should know the boundaries of her own city. Mm. The planned ballpark is set to reside in a nine mile parcel of land on the strip. Mm. The Las Vegas strip does not have jurisdiction or sorry, the city of Las Vegas does not have jurisdiction over the Strip because it falls outside of Clark County. Mm. So she had to go back and uh, she didn't take back her words, but she does think that the the athletics need to figure it out in Oakland. Are they going to move? We don't long, know. Long story short, there there's still lots of hurdles okay. to do. Like John Fisher, he needs to like figure out where they're going to be playing next year because this is the last year at the at the Coliseum mm-hmm. where their lease is up. They've been rumored to go to Sacramento. There's got to be a college Giants. barn they can go find. Well, like soccer, like Sac- forty five hundred people. Their old AAA team in Sacramento has a decently sized park. The Giants across the bay they could share with. I'm sure ASU can host them. Yeah, bring them all down to Tempe. We all need to take some homes for all these homeless teams. <laughs> and and uh, one of the greatest uh, to ever wear uh, the Dodgers silks. Uh, Clayton Kershaw he's back for season seventeen with the Dodgers coming to an agreement. He'll be in camp. On Friday, because the Dodgers and Padres actually report earlier because they'll be over in Korea to kick off the season at the end of March. Uh, legal tampering period for the CFL free agency is underway, and all the big fishes have seemed to have found homes. We'll start here at the Stamps. This is a big one for the secondary that needed a lot of help. They struggled with turnovers last year. We're getting last year's interception king. Demario Houston from the Bombers. Uh, he signs a two-year deal. They've also added linebacker Trey Walker, spent some time with the Seattle Sea Dragons in the XFL back in 2022. So that's a big get for the Calgary Stampeders getting Demario Houston. Demario Houston is the biggest ad because to me, the the secondary was one of those things that needed a little bit of work. And a lot of that was because of injury. I always do wonder about size in the secondary and Houston doesn't necessarily address that. But he's a ball hawk. He's physical. 
I don't know where they're going to play him necessarily because they brought back Dozier. They brought back Wall. So he's probably well, Kobe gonna be Williams a, might not be back. He's, so he's probably going to be a half or a corner. But yeah. yeah, like you mentioned, if Kobe Williams isn't back, that leaves an open halfback yeah. spot on the defense. And, and maybe he fits in there. Uh, another one leaving the Bombers is right tackle Jamarcus Hardrick. He signed with the Riders on Man. on Monday. End of an era. Yeah. Uh, the Riders also adding one of the biggest characters and one of the best players in free agency and running back A.J. Ouellette. Uh, I um, yeah, he did the video where he was spray painting the his green Thor hammer, his now. hammer green, yeah, yeah, because he's Thor, yeah. because he's got long hair and a beard, yeah, and yep. a beard, uh, and former Stan he doesn't really look like Thor at all no. except that he has long hair. <laughs> And he's jacked as hell. <laughs> For, and former Stamps linebacker Jameer Thurman is reuniting with uh, the new Riders head coach Corey Mace. It's good ads from the Riders. Not surprising. Yeah. Corey uh, Mace was a player's coach above all. I am not shocked that a lot of the guys that he would have been around a lot in his time, either here as a Stampeder yeah. in Toronto yeah. as an Argo, are following him to Saskatchewan. Yeah. Very unsurprising. And some good news for the Bombers, though. They're bringing back the two biggest offensive pieces in free agency in Blake Brady Oliveira and Dalton Schoen. Uh, running back musical chairs continues. William Stan back to BC. And uh, only two of the top ten free agents still haven't really found homes. Uh, Matthew Betts mm-hmm. and Tim White. Kadeem uh, Carey? He was number 30 on the on the three-down nation list. But, yeah, he hasn't found a home yet either. I don't know. Wake up, three-down. Come on. Yeah. 30. Uh, I know we got to go going here to Cron. But Toronto Raptors continue their road trip tonight into Charlotte. Take on the Hornets. Just one and four on this trip. You can catch it right here on Sportsnet 1 because we're the home of well, we're the home of the NBA. Damn right. Uh, it's you ni- can make <laughs> and some nice news off the court. Uh, Scotty Barnes, who probably should have been in there in the first place, uh, he's going to the All-Star game alongside Atlanta Hawks point guard Trey Young as an injury replacement for Joel Embiid and Julius Randle. And because- Scotty Barnes is going to be All-Star. He's going to be the face of this league. Yes. Yes, Darko. And because we're the home of the NBA, it's a doubleheader on Sportsnet 1. Yes, sir. Following the Raptors and, and the Hornets. We got the Clips and the Pelicans out in LA. Uh, Calgary Hitman, they're back at it tonight, taking on the Regina Pats, uh, looking for some revenge. The Pats dumped them 4 3 last Sunday at the Dome. Calgary's a point up on PA for the final playoff spot. We'll be on there at 6 o'clock with pregame, 7 o'clock uh, with uh, Brad and Jeff on the call. Curly's going to join GVP at 9.05. And uh, this is a little fun here. Uh, there were some reports coming out of Lake Las Vegas. Uh, and yeah, what the hell is uh, this? And one of the team hotels that a coyote may have bit one of the players in town for the Super Bowl. Now, Henderson police were quickly able to confirm that it didn't happen. In a statement, uh, our office has received multiple inquiries referenced uh, to an alleged coyote attack slash bite in the Lake Las Vegas area involving a professional athlete. Our office has no record of uh, the report or any incident involving a coyote or a professional athlete. Uh, Despite this not happening... Uh, coyotes have been a big problem in Vegas over the last uh, year or so. Attacks have been risen over the last few months, and wildlife officials have warned people to not approach the wild dogs. But in Vegas, you know, people are going to usually do what they want. They're, they're coyotes, you guys. They're, yeah. they're, but there is a video outside of one of the lines. There's some big they're, coyotes. Yeah, they're massive. They There's more important. I would not trifle with them. No. All right, that's your morning report. It's brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match them, beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue and 3rd Street Southeast. Uh, Brent Cron joins us next. Sam Cosentino at the bottom of the hour. The big show rolls on for mortgagestogo.ca. Sportsnet 960, the fan.